tanks are pouring from the buildings now. There's cars toppled, buildings entirely crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I, I really need to leave. So the fences inform me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I, I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. exciting episode of the Fire and Water Podcast, the official podcast of firestormfan.com and aquamanshrine.net. I am one of your hosts, Rob Kelly from aquamanshrine.net, and as you might guess, Shag is not here this week. Uh, we had some really horrendous scheduling snafus that were uh, basically all my fault, so Shag is not here with us. So we decided that this week uh, we're going to present something that I've been wanting to put on the show for a while. We're going to uh, listen to some audio from a book called Justice League of America, The Lunar Invaders, which was a hardcover book published by Fisher Price in 1982, which features a 62-page full-color JLA adventure that came uh, accompanied with a cassette tape featuring a full audio cast acting out the story. It's not a power record, which is why it's not appearing on the Power Records uh, podcast, but it was something I've always wanted to sort of present because it's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, unfortunately, neither Aquaman or Firestorm appear in it, so it's an odd thing to run on the show, but, you know, stick with us. It's, it's the Justice League. But before we get to the, all that, uh, we want to thank our sponsor, InstockTrades.com. InstockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 45% off with free shipping of orders of $50 or more. Since it's just me, I'm going to be picking two books, and I decided to highlight uh, the work of the two artists from this volume. Uh, the pencilers in this Lunar, Lunar Invaders book are Ross Andrew and... Rich Buckler. So for Ross Andrew, I picked Andrew and Esposito's Get Lost trade paperback. Get Lost was a 1950s humor magazine that the two guys put together, packaged themselves, and basically sort of self-published as sort of an answer to Mad Magazine. Uh, it only lasted a couple of issues. I have a couple of them, and it's really quite bizarre. It's a, it's a fun book, so this collects all of them. Um, like I said, the writers are Ross Andrew, Mike Esposito, and several of the artists. The normal price is $29.99, and Suck Trades price is $20.99, so that's 30% off. Uh, like I said, it's it, this is great for fans of humor magazines or just odd esoterica from the uh, silver age of comic book magazines. For Rich Buckler, uh, I am picking Deathlock Demolisher Trade Paperback, The Complete Collection. This is 
collection of Deathlock's, Deathlock's 70s appearances from Astonishing Tales, numbers 25 through 28, 30 through 36, Marvel Team-Up 46, Marvel Spotlight 33, Marvel 2 and 1, 27, 54, and Captain America, numbers 286 through 288. Uh, the stories are written by Doug Menick, Bill Mantlo, James and Mateus, uh, and the art is, as I said, mostly by Rich Buckler, who was the creator, or at least co-creator, of Deathlock. So those are two fun books by the guys that we're going to be highlighting in this episode. For these and all your other trade paperback needs, visit instructrades.com, and we thank them for their support. As I said, uh, we are going to be presenting the audio adventure Justice League of America, The Lunar Invaders. The story is by Marv Wolfman. There's inks by Bob Smith. And the story is basically a um, collection of astronauts are working on from different countries are working on moon-based peace, a livable space colony being built on the moon. Suddenly, the base is attacked by the Justice League satellite. How can that be? The satellite starts firing missiles at the base, destroying most of it, leaving the astronauts diving for cover. NASA sends a distress signal, and members of the JLA who are at home on Earth respond to the call and can't believe what they are being told. That's all I'm going to say for the story. Let's have listen to the rest of it. It's a lot of fun. The JLA roll call this time around are Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, Adam, and Red Tornado. Uh, it's not surprising at all that Aquaman was left out of this because this was in the early 80s and this was sort of a time when if Aquaman could be left out of something, he was. Um, it is a little more surprising than Firestorm is in it because this was published right around JLA numbers 208, 209, 210. Firestorm had just gotten his own series back and it was, I think, almost immediately very popular. So it's kind of weird that Firestorm's in this. So sit back, enjoy this full-length full cast adventure. It's a whole lot of fun. Justice League, the Lunar Invaders, and I will catch you on the other side. The Justice League of America in the Lunar Invaders. Moonbase peace glowed like a shining jewel as the space-suited astronauts began their daily work. Great tractor crawlers roared like lions as they rode through the Great Space Dome and out across the moon's rocky surface. Laser drills made the ground tremble as they dug deep holes into solid rock. The astronauts on Moonbase Peace had come from almost every country on Earth, and they all worked together to show that there could be lasting peace in outer space. The spacemen had to work slowly while on the surface of the moon. One wrong move might rip open their spacesuits, and they would find themselves facing the untold dangers of outer space. To survive, the astronauts had to become friends with each other. And friendship was what Moonbase peace was all about. Days and weeks and months went by slowly as the astronauts built the very first city in space. This would be the greatest city ever built. When it was finished, scientists from across the globe would come to explore the mysterious secrets of the universe. Looking down on Moonbase Peace was a great silver satellite. It was the space headquarters for a group of super-powered beings known as the Justice League of America. But if the hovering spaceship was the home of superheroes, then why did menacing weapons suddenly emerge from its roof and take aim at Moonbase Peace forever?
blazed with terrible bursts of fire. Crimson laser beams blasted moonward, passing effortlessly through the glass dome that protected the astronauts from the moon's hostile environment. Within seconds, a hundred explosions rocked the surface. Giant drills exploded. Steel beams crashed to the ground. There was terrible panic everywhere as the frightened astronauts ran for their lives. We've got to rush back to camp fast. We'll be safe there. Alan Wilson, chief of operations, led his men through the hail of laser beams. Wilson shouted over his radio. This way, men! We're under attack! We've got to get to the communications dome! It's our only chance! The moon's gravity is much lighter than the Earth's, and every leap the astronauts took launched them more than 30 feet off the ground. As the astronauts bounded for the safety of the communications dome, Yuri Podovkin, Wilson's Russian assistant, spied a menacing shadow growing larger on the ground. He quickly turned his head to face a horrifying sight. The base's huge watchtower was toppling, heading straight for the helpless spacemen. Look out, everyone! Don't look back! Just run! Yuri shouted. And not a moment too soon, because within seconds the tower slammed into the ground, exploding into a hundred flying fragments. Astronauts raced towards the inner communications dome that also served as their home on the moon. Inside, Wilson called to the others as he rushed to the radio console. I've used our monitors to scan the Justice League satellite, and there are no human life forms on board. Some force has taken over the hero's headquarters and is using it to attempt to destroy us. We've got to let ground control know about this. Han Xin, the astronaut from China, nodded in agreement as he spoke. Whatever is doing this to us must be very powerful. I hope the Justice League can handle it. Moonbase peace to ground control! Come in! Come in! Alan Wilson shouted into the radio. We're under attack, ground control! We need help! Kenan Musad of Nigeria shook his head sadly as he spoke. Why would anyone do this to us? Moonbase peace was not built to hurt anyone. This makes no sense. No sense at all. 238,900 miles from moon base peace in the sprawling communications control room of the United Nations another radio operator heard the astronauts plea for help within minutes the call went out on every radio frequency moon base peace was in trouble and the Justice League of America was needed Superman, the mighty man of steel picked up the message with his super hearing while in Metropolis and flew straight to the United Nations, where the others would join him. In Gotham City, the Batman was making his rounds when he heard the call on the Batmobile's police monitor. Wonder Woman left Paradise Island in her invisible plane, speeding across the ocean to answer the urgent plea for help. Everywhere, the radio signal was heard and answered. The size-changing Adam picked up the signal in Ivy Town. From Central City rushed the Flash, the fastest man alive. Green Lantern, the superhero who wore the amazing power ring, flew cross-country from Los Angeles. And from New York came the crimson-colored robot called the Red Tornado. Soon, all the members of the Justice League had assembled to face the mysterious threat. Our satellite attacked Moonbase Peace. Impossible! It happened, Batman. And it's up to the Justice League to find out why. It is our responsibility if our headquarters harms anyone or anything.
just incredible, guys. The flash began. I can't believe it. Our satellite has the finest security system ever built. Green Lantern nodded in grim agreement. I know what you mean, buddy. And besides, the only weapons we have are defensive. They can't attack anybody. The others were somber and quiet. They all thought the Emerald Warrior was right. But somehow, their satellite had attacked the moon base. And none of them knew how or why. The Atom broke the silence. I may be short, guys, but my anger's growing! The rest of the superhero team felt the same way. They were all angry. People could have been hurt, and the Justice League had been created to help people throughout the world. As the heroes continued to talk among themselves, the Batman thought about the Justice League satellite. Their first headquarters had been inside a hollow mountain, until supervillains had learned where it was. After that, the Justice League had decided their second headquarters should orbit the planet Earth, where it would be safe. With Superman and Green Lantern building it, the satellite had been ready in no time at all. And from this modern headquarters, the Justice League of America would always be ready whenever there was danger anywhere. After a short time, Wonder Woman, the Amazon princess, spoke. As current leader of the Justice League, it is my duty to give you your assignments. The others were silent as she explained her plan. Superman and Batman, go to Moonbase Peace. Check out the damage there. The rest of us, Wonder Woman continued, will head for our satellite. If someone has taken it over, we'll just have to take it back. As one, the world's greatest superheroes flew from the UN Ground Control Building. Superman took Batman to his Fortress of Solitude to get the masked detective a special spacesuit. While Wonder Woman led the remaining heroes to the Justice League transporter. What's wrong, Wonder Woman? The Flash's question was repeated by the others as they arrived at the Justice League transporter. Wonder Woman looked grim as she answered the fastest man alive. The transporter's not working. The Amazon replied with a puzzled look. And I don't know why. The Red Tornado had a question. But he waited until Wonder Woman finished examining the machine before he spoke. Has someone tampered with it? He finally asked. His question was answered when the Amazon princess shook her head. I'm not sure, she said. But this might be the work of whoever is responsible for the attack on Moonbase Peace. We can't be certain until we inspect the satellite. But how are we going to get there without a transporter? Green Lantern grinned. He had a solution. Leave it to me, gang. The heroes stared at Green Lantern, wondering what their friend had in mind. He held his hand outward, and the lantern-shaped ring on his finger glowed a bright green. A shimmering emerald beam of light flashed out, covering his fellow members in an unbreakable globe of solid light. Green Lantern admired his handiwork. Now we don't need the transporter. My power ring can fly us all into space and protect us at the same time. The red tornado stood away from the power ring's rays. I am a robot, he said. I do not need your ring to protect me because I do not need to breathe. Green Lantern smiled at his crimson partner and replied, To each his own, Reddy. You fly with your tornado powers while I take the others. Now... 
Let's go. Powered by his incredible ring, Green Lantern flew spaceward. The great emerald bubble containing his Justice League friends following closely behind. Flash, Wonder Woman, and the Atom stared in awe as they streaked through space at an unbelievable speed. Because the Red Tornado was only a robot, he could not feel either the joy or wonder that his fellow Justice Leaguers felt. To him, space was only the distance between the Earth and the Justice League satellite. Still, the Crimson Robot almost seemed to smile as the group came closer to their orbiting headquarters. Soon, he believed, they would meet their enemy. I've never seen our satellite from space before, the Adam said, excited at the marvelous view. It certainly is beautiful, isn't it? Wonder Woman added. Green Lantern nodded in agreement as they flew closer to the satellite. He, too, felt it was a magnificent sight. The group of heroes were so fascinated by the image before them that they almost forgot the seriousness of their mission. But when Wonder Woman attempted to enter the satellite, they were all reminded of the dangers that might be awaiting them inside. Merciful Minerva! The doors have been sealed shut! They're not responding to my remote control switch. The Amazon princess shouted to her friends, a note of dread in her voice. Whoever's controlling the satellite obviously doesn't want company, and that includes us. We've got to get in there somehow. A worried flash said. The satellite could attack the moon again at any moment. But none of the Justice Leaguers knew how to get inside the fortress-like headquarters. Until they saw the Red Tornado's scarlet figure streaking towards the sealed doors. turning tornado tail at the satellite doors. With a sudden whoosh of whirling power, the mighty doors blasted open. He did it! Ready, did it! Green Lantern exclaimed happily. Wonder Woman was impressed by the Crimson Robot's feet, but she knew that the real battle had not yet begun. We can get inside now, she told her fellow heroes. But be careful. There may be danger around any corner. One by one, the heroes entered the satellite's hatch. As soon as all were safe inside, Green Lantern used his power ring to seal the battered door behind them. Air flooded into the room, and within minutes, all could again breathe safely. The deck was quiet. Okay, what do we do now? The Flash wondered. We're on the bottom deck, Wonder Woman said. But our weapons room is on the top. That's where we have to go to find out what's going on. The Atom looked about grimly. He was worried. This isn't going to be easy, he said. Whoever's behind this is putting up a real fight. It's going to take all of our powers to beat these baddies. Red Tornado nodded in agreement. His computer mind had already thought out the best course of action. We will need the blueprints to our satellite to find the quickest path to the weapons room, he said. Follow me. We must make our first stop at the map room. This is the one we're looking for. The map of the Justice League satellite. 
Green Lantern and the others stared at the set of blueprints on the wall before them. They were now on F-Deck, which was where they kept their life support machines. Above them, on both E-Deck and D-Deck, were the personal rooms that each member used when ever staying on the satellite. Beyond that was C-Deck. The Justice League machine shop was there. B-Deck was reserved for the trophy room, where all the weapons they had taken from their foes were kept. Finally, on the top level, was A-Deck, where the Justice League's own weapons were stored. The Flash examined the map and spoke. We have a long way to go, friends. Let's get started. But before any of them could take a step, the tiny Titan, known as the Atom, began to feel faint. Ooh, he groaned. I, I feel dizzy. What's going on here? Wonder Woman whirled to see what the problem was, just as the mighty might lost consciousness. Gas! She shouted to the others as she spotted a cloud slowly edging towards the group. Someone is pumping gas into the room. But her warning came too late. Within seconds, the Flash staggered forward and fell to the floor. Green Lantern crumbled beside him. One by one, each Justice Leaguer collapsed. All but the Red Tornado, that is. The fumes cannot affect me, he thought as he stepped towards the towering bank of wildly humming and clicking computers. The Crimson Robot opened his steel chest plate. He reached inside, selected three wires, and carefully attached them to the computer's complicated wiring system. I must use my own robot power to take over the satellite safety system, the tornado thought. Within seconds, the Justice League computers accepted the set of orders the tornado had programmed into them and cleared out the gas. Moments later, fresh air was again filling the room. The red tornado was relieved. My teammates will recover soon. This is good. This is horrible, Superman. I've never seen such destruction. Batman could hardly believe his eyes. Moon base peace lay in ruins before him. Great buildings had fallen and were reduced to rubble. Giant machines lay twisted and useless. Superman shook his head sadly as his eyes scanned the battered landscape around him. Moon base peace has been totally wiped out. It's so senseless. This city was constructed to help people. Why in the name of Krypton would anyone want to destroy it? We've got to find out who caused this, Batman. Superman and Batman walked about the ruins of Moonbase Peace. They checked each destroyed building, every fallen machine. They were looking for clues, but found nothing. Then, suddenly, the ground began to tremble beneath the heroic duo. Quickly, they turned in horror and gasped. Look, Batman! That's what's making the ground shake. First, there was only one creature, but then three more rose up from the rocky landscape. They were like giant mountains, and each step they took made the ground rumble like thunder. The Batman turned to his friend. What are they, Superman? I've never seen anything like them before. Neither have I, Batman, and I've been all over the universe. Superman said. The beasts moved closer. One reached out toward the heroes. Two peered angrily over the craggy lunar peaks, while a fourth seemed to grin at the tiny 
many figures who so bravely stood before them. Stand back, Batman. This is a job for Superman. The Man of Steel flew towards the closest beast. Superman was ready to fight. He expected the monster to lash out at him. He also thought his super strength would bring the beast crashing to the ground. But as he jumped into the air to battle the Moon Menace, Superman passed right through the Harley creature. The Batman leapt toward his stunned friend and called out to him. What happened, Superman? You went right through it. Superman shook his head as he answered. I don't understand it, Batman. It seemed like nothing was there. The two heroes whirled as they felt the rumbling footfalls of the creatures, this time coming from behind them. The Batman stared intently at the great beasts. His quick mind was studying them. Batman was the world's greatest detective, and suddenly he smiled. Superman, I have the answer. He said... I think I know what their secret is. Aboard the Justice League satellite, the five heroes pushed on with their mission. There were no problems on E-Deck or D-Deck, said the Red Tornado. Do you think our enemy is still here? The Flash stepped carefully as they entered the machine shop on C-Deck. I'm certain of it, Reddy, the Scarlet Speedster replied. And I'll bet my yellow boots that they're waiting for us. The Justice Leaguers continued through the machine shop as the sounds of the satellite filled the room. Computers clicked and ticked like an army of crickets. But one sound seemed unlike the others. It was a heavy, scraping sound like steel dragging across steel. Wonder Woman saw what was happening and alerted the others. The walls! They're moving in on us! We'll be crushed! Slowly, the walls closed in on the five heroes. Each passing second brought them closer to doom. Suddenly, Green Lantern had a plan. But would there be time? Once again, the Emerald Crusader's ring glowed, forming two beams of light, which with seconds to spare, pushed the deadly walls apart. The Atom breathed a sigh of relief as he called to his friend. You did it, Green Lantern! You saved us! There was little time for congratulations. The satellite invaders had just begun to fight. Without warning, another wall panel slid open, and a whirling steel drill shot out at the startled heroes. Watch out, Wonder Woman! That drill's coming right at you! The Amazon princess turned, ready to face the danger. Her powerful arms reached out towards the drill as it spun ever closer. With a mighty tug, she pulled it from the wall, crushing the thick steel as easily as an ordinary person might crush a tin can. The other heroes were awestruck as they watched Wonder Woman's amazing feat of strength. The Amazon princess looked to her friends and smiled, assuring them that the situation was under control. I'll have this drill wrapped up in a minute, fellas, she said confidently. I only hope that any other traps will be as easy to handle as this one was. But even as Wonder Woman twisted the giant drill into a knot, the satellite invaders launched their next attack. From the far wall, the group of heroes heard a metallic whine. Quickly, they turned to see a huge saw blade ripping towards them, its edge sharp and ready to cut through anything in its path. The heroes were stunned. Whoa. 
except for the atom. Let me handle this one, gang. The tiny titan launched himself from Green Lantern's shoulder toward the spinning saw blade. The atom was ready to tackle the flying menace. friends were too stunned to answer. They stood silently in the center of the once beautiful machine shock. The aliens were wrecking another part of the satellite each time they attacked. And unless the heroes put an end to the threat, their orbiting headquarters would be destroyed. Meanwhile, back on the moon, Batman followed Superman as the Man of Steel leapt through the raging monsters. I don't get it, Batman. How can we go through these beasts like this? Superman asked, still puzzled. The Batman somersaulted to a landing and answered. Look at the ground, Superman. The beasts don't cast shadows. That means they're not real. And those tremors must have come from under the surface. Superman flew skyward as Batman called to him. Someone created those illusions, Superman. See if your X-ray vision can find whoever did it. The mighty man of steel soared over the moon, his X-ray vision searching everywhere. Then, suddenly, he saw it. In a cavern, under the moon's surface, was what appeared to be a large alien city. Superman rushed back to his partner. Follow me, Batman, he said. I found something. But you'll have to see it for yourself. It's too fantastic to describe. On the Justice League satellite, the other heroes had not yet found what they were looking for. The group entered the trophy room in pursuit of their unseen enemy. If the invaders gained control of the weapons here, it could spell disaster for the heroes. Wonder Woman was cautious. We've got to be careful, crew. This could be dangerous. From a corner of the room, a strange alien gong with the power to shatter steel began to quiver ominously. In an instant, its vibrations had increased to a death-dealing roar. What's that awful fell to the ground in terrible pain as the gong screamed its deadly melody. Only Green Lantern could slowly force himself to his feet. He lifted his hand and his power ring blazed with energy, forming a giant muffler to quiet the lethal gong. Are you people okay? Okay. 
but there was no time for anyone to answer. Hanging in the trophy room was an alien weapon shaped like a giant golden key that suddenly shot out a barrage of deadly laser beams. Wonder Woman sprang into action. Let me handle this attack. In a blur of super speed, the amazing Amazon turned and twisted as the laser beams hit her enchanted bracelets, only to bounce harmlessly away. She grinned as the laser attack came to an end. I've played bullets and bracelets before, gang, but this is ridiculous. The key hung silently for a moment, but soon began to shake. Wonder Woman dashed toward it as she shouted to the others, warning them to stand back. It's getting ready to launch another attack, but it won't get the chance. With a powerful blow, the Amazon princess smashed the deadly key in half. After a moment's rest, the heroes continued through the trophy room. Each hero was alert for further dangers, but the great chamber was quiet. Until the mysterious sounds of clanking metal footsteps broke the silence. The red tornado was the first to find the source of the eerie sounds. Look! He shouted. Our attacker has reactivated the old robots we had stored here. They are after us. into action as the giant robots moved closer, their heavy steel legs smashing down upon the floor. In the middle of the battle, a small figure leaped up, calling to his friends. Have no fear, the Atom's here. Like a trained acrobat, the mighty might jumped from robot to robot, smashing the controls of the metal menaces. Even as the Atom busied himself, the Flash used his amazing super speed to whirl into action. Within seconds, the Crimson Comet had crashed through half the robots, while Wonder Woman's Amazon strength was bringing the final robot foe to the ground. As fast as it had begun, the battle was over. But as the world's greatest superheroes regrouped, they realized something was wrong. Where's the red tornado? He's gone! Maybe he went on ahead. The Justice Leaguers searched through the wreckage for their robot partner. Finding nothing, they decided it was time to move on. Together, the heroes boldly climbed the steps to a deck. But they were hardly prepared for the shocking sight that confronted them on the top level of the majestic Justice League satellite. Meanwhile, on the surface of the moon, Superman and Batman were about to make a shocking discovery of their own. Using his incredible super strength, the Man of Steel plowed through the moon's rocky crust. With the Dark Knight detective, Superman flew into the freshly dug hole, landing in front of a great golden city. Look, Superman, part of this city has been destroyed, Batman said. Superman nodded to his friend. Who could have done this? He wondered. Even as he spoke, the Man of Steel saw something off in the distance that would soon provide the answer to his question. Look, Batman! Aliens! The two heroes stepped toward the golden figures who stood in front of the underground city. One alien held up an odd metallic device and warned the intruders. Stop! 
or you will be destroyed. Despite the alien threat, Batman remained calm and assured. He replied, Do not harm us. I think I know what this is all about. Although still suspicious of the hero's intentions, the aliens listened respectfully as Batman spoke. Even as Batman tried to reason with the aliens, the heroes aboard the Justice League satellite were staring in horror at the scene before them. A group of the strange golden beings were standing over the unconscious figure of the Red Tornado. Don't move forward, humans. We control your satellite now, the nearest alien said. Ignoring the creature's demand, Wonder Woman rushed toward the still body of the robot hero. What have you done to the Red Tornado? She shouted. He has been deactivated, the shimmering alien answered. But if you come closer, we will take apart your robot friend. But Wonder Woman continued to come closer. Why are you doing this? She pleaded. We don't want to hurt you. At this, the alien stood silently. And as the Amazon princess gazed intently at him, she could swear he looked confused. The alien started to say something, but before he could, the television monitor clicked on. Another golden figure appeared on the screen. Zork, do not fight the Earthmen. There will be peace between our peoples. I don't get it. What's going on here? The alien on the television monitor invited the Justice League to the city beneath the surface of the moon. And so, in an emerald bubble created by Green Lantern, they journeyed to the Golden City. We are sorry for our actions, the alien leader said as the heroes arrived. We were afraid for our lives. The Atom glared at the leader in disbelief. So you took over our satellite and attacked moon base peace? He asked. understand what happened to my people the alien said once long ago we lived on a world called orion we had a good life there but then we learned that orion was going to explode so we built great starships and flew off into space we found your moon and built new orion beneath its surface but then you earthmen decided to build your moon base piece directly over us you used powerful drills to dig holes through the surface. And these drills caused giant rocks to fall down upon us, destroying part of New Orion. The heroes listened as the alien continued his story. We had to save our people. So we took over your satellite and used your weapons to destroy Moonbase Peace. But we were careful to aim your weapons only at the machinery and not to harm any Earthmen. We were only trying to defend our new homeland. We were afraid and acted without thinking. We are sorry. We understand. And I think we can work it out so all our people can live in harmony. Together, Justice Leaguers and aliens rose to the moon's surface. Wonder Woman pointed to the remains of Moonbase Peace. You can help us rebuild Moonbase Peace. Away from your underground city, she said. Then we'll help you rebuild New Orion. 
Moonbase peace will have served its purpose after all. Earthman and alien living together. And peace for all. And that was The Lunar Invaders. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, one of the more interesting aspects of this book, it was published by Fisher Price, of all things. It was part of a four-book set. Um, Superman got his own book, of course, Batman, Wonder Woman, and then there was this Justice League book. Almost, not even almost, the entire voice cast and the producers behind it all have connections to The Muppets, oddly enough. it was This uh, audio adventure was directed and produced by Christopher Surf, who also voices The Atom. He had experience on The Muppet Show. It features... Green Lantern, played by Jerry Nelson, who was the Count on Sesame Street. Richard Hunt played The Flash. Uh, Michael Kingsbury Frith played Batman. Frederick R. Newman as Red Tornado. Um, and there was other – Sharon Lerner and some other uh, – Kathy Mullen did the narration. They all have connections to The Muppet Show slash Sesame Street. So why these people were picked to do it, I have no idea. But they do a really good job. I think it's a really fun book. I didn't have this as a kid. I don't know how uh, I would have – I guess maybe Fisher-Price – I was around 10 when this came out, so maybe Fisher-Price was probably thought a little too kiddy for me. But still, it's a full-on Justice League adventure with an accompanying audio adventure. How do you – how did I not get this, even if it was come out – even it did come out by Fisher-Price? So it's very strange. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this was said. This was something that I had always wanted to put on the show, and we just didn't – we never want to use it, you know, on a week where we don't have to because we said we're always trying to feature Aquaman and Firestorm if we can. But like I said, our schedules just didn't work out this week. Again, it's all my fault. Blame me. Like I said, we hope you enjoyed it. Let us know. Uh, you can shoot us an email at firewaterpodcast.conquest.net. You can visit the Tumblr, which is fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. You can find Shag at firestormfan.com and on Facebook. Google+, Plus, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, other places. And you can find AquamanShrine.net at AquamanShrine.net and on Facebook, Google+, Plus, and Twitter. Hope you come back next week for the next episode. Until then, fan the flame and ride the wave. Aquaman and Firestorm Fighting crime together Soak them down or burn them up No one does it better Whenever you They'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. Stand for truth and justice and see on land and air. Firestorm and Aquaman, they make a super pair. Aquaman and Firestorm, super friends forever. Yeah! What's wrong with you? Uh, it's either this show or indigestion. I hope it's indigestion. Why? It'll get better in a little while. Mm.